So glad you guys are here to bring your worship and your praise to God. You know, we don't do that enough. But just today, here we are. And I want to ask you a question. You've got to be really direct and really honest with me. You ready? Here's a question. How many of you are a little discouraged when the Dodgers lost game two and three? Throw your hands up. You got worried, right? You're like, hello, this is the best team in the whole league. We're in the World Series. We have the best record. We have some of the best slugging. Why can't? We get a couple wins in a row. But then you felt better after last night, right? The worry went away for a little bit, and you have Kershaw on the mound today, so you're starting to feel okay, aren't you? Well, you know what? It's interesting how things in life can get us riled up or get us kind of emotionally stirred or even worried. And, okay, that's the World Series. It's important. Okay, we're Dodger fans. We're in L.A. But what about the things that really get your attention and really cause you to feel anxious and full of worry. That's what we're talking about today because there's great hope in the Lord. When things are out of our control, one of the quickest reflex actions is to worry. And then we usually, as quickly as possible, also try to bring those things out of our control into our control. And that's impossible, and we get more worried and more anxious, right? We get worried about all kinds of things. We get worried about money, are we going to have enough for the bills this week, this month? What about our investments? What about retirement? We get real frustrated at times. We get worried about our children, how they're doing in their walk with the Lord. How are they doing facing temptation in their life? How are they doing? We get worried about our spouses or our marriage when it goes through a trial. We get worried about the security of our job. We think, who's going to get the next promotion or if we're going we're gonna to be a casualty to the next round of layoffs. Will this job last? Will this, is this the one that I really enjoy? And we get pretty frazzled about that and very anxious at times. We worry about our health. doesn't seem like we have very long without something in our health changing and we can get real upset and on edge. We get worried about politics. We get very emotional about politics. get very anxious about who's in the office or who's not in the office or what's going on in our country. We see global events. We look at the news and it just can cause all kinds of anxiety and worry. It causes us to lose sleep. You know, these things, whether they're global or they're very personal in our lives, can really get us going. You can start losing precious hours of sleep. You feel like you're, you're kind of always on edge. There's always this undercurrent that's unsettled. Do you ever feel that? Is that where you are right now? You know, a lot of the time we think, well, we're just analyzing so that we can come up with a good plan, so we can address these things that worry us, so that we can get on top of them. And does that day ever come <laughs> where you can eliminate the worry because your planning is so good and you're so out in front of, the, of your tomorrows? No, that, that day never comes because worry breeds other worry, and those, that, that worry gives birth to other worry. And all of a sudden, we feel like, well, is there ever going to be an end to this, you know? Can we ever not be obsessive about the things that concern us with our relationships, concern us at work, concern us with worry, concern us with our health, concern us about our future. Oswald Chambers says, we worry when we calculate without God. And that just shows us the truth about how we often live our lives with us at the center rather than God, with our eyes on our issues, our concerns, our immediate relationships that 
aren't where they should be or aren't where we want them to be. And we forget that God should be the center, that God is the center. He's the one that we revolve around rather than God or the world or other relationships needing to revolve around what my personal definition of happiness or peace is. So worry is, it's a big deal. It's not a minor deal and it can do real damage. We don't need scientists to tell us about the knots in our stomach or about the ulcers we have to deal with. And it gets worse than that. It can be the root of much mental illness. And it can take any person that can't get worry under control down a road where they have to start depending on alcohol or drugs or whatever. You know, the misuse of alcohol is, is huge in our culture. It's that numbing. It's that trying to deal with our worries and anxieties. And we can't do it well. And we're not turning to God. And we turn to a, a substance. Or we turn to another person and expecting them to change or to be our savior. And we realize it doesn't work, and yet we try more of those things, and we get into worse shape, and then that causes us to worry and causes other people around us to worry. And all the while, God is just giving us an invitation to come to him with the things that make us anxious and worried. And if we don't, have you noticed how short and snappy you can be with others? Do you notice how one worry can actually breed into other areas of your life and cause you to feel frazzled in a lot of different areas? So we have to address it, right? We have to be clear that we can get desperately anxious and desperately in search of a solution and often not go to the one who holds those solutions and our help, and that's God. So I wanted to start and just help us to be honest about what that's really like and to not brush it over and go, oh, well, everyone worries, you know? Isn't that part of being human? Everyone's got stuff, and we're always going to have our stuff to worry you're always going to have stuff. You're always going to have trouble. Jesus said, but take heart, I've overcome the world. And in him, we can overcome worry. So there is the option of not living constantly with some set of worries or anxieties or another. It's actually God's provision and a possibility with his help. So that's what we're going to be talking about today. We're going to say, you know what, Lord? Today, I want to learn how to get past worry. I want to overcome it because it plagues me. It holds me back. It wreaks havoc in relationship, and it steals my joy and my peace today. You know, there's a quote that many people throw around that, that the troubles of tomorrow and our worrying about them does not improve our today. In fact, it steals our joy. So often we think if we can just be smarter about tomorrows and smarter about how to control situations, that it will change our present. And the exact opposite is true, is that one of the casualties is our own joy and are being present and emotionally available to the most important relationships right now in our life because we're worrying about something that could happen tomorrow to those relationships or other situations and areas in our life. So we're going to look to the scriptures right now because we have great hope in the promises of God to be able to overcome worry and its consequences in our life. So you ready? Ready for some really powerful promises from God? Open your Bibles or pull out your phone or just look at the screen. They'll be all right there. And we have this uh, study guide listed with the message on our website every Monday by about noon or so. And I encourage you to jump into life groups so you can talk about how we're actually living what we've been learning in church together. So five points. You know, whenever you're doing a message, you're like, do I do three points? Do I do five points? You know, how many points, how many people, or how many points can people handle? And you don't even have to do points. You could just teach narratively and just kind of keep talking and then end the message and say amen. And I thought, okay, you know what? These all link together. So I'm going to give you five points, and they build on one another, and they link to the next point. 
They're very simple and very clear. So I encourage you, write them down or take a snapshot when you get to the end of the review of each of these points. But to stop worrying, if that's your goal, and you know that it's caused damage and will continue to cause damage and probably worse damage than it's even caused, if your goal is to stop worrying and trust God, then here are the biblical steps and promises and how you can do that. To stop worrying, I must remember the Lord is with me. Philippians 4, 5 says, The Lord is at hand. Do not be anxious about anything. If you forget the Lord is at hand and with you, you will be anxious about everything. That's the antithesis, okay? But if you remember the Lord is literally present in your life and always is watching over you, you can't go anywhere in the world, as Psalm 139 tells us, where God isn't already there waiting for you. He's everywhere by his spirit. He's watching over you. He knows what you're dealing with. He knows what's causing the anxiety. And he reminds you, the Lord is at hand. You don't have to be anxious about literally anything. You don't have to. You could choose to. You could look around and see everyone else being anxious, maybe even more anxious than you. But you could choose to remember that the Lord's with you and not be anxious. The awesome thing with God is you don't have to wait for him to give you audience. You don't have to wait for an appointment. You don't have to wait for his schedule to free up because he's got other people he's speaking to right now. He literally is available every single moment. You blink your eye, you can talk to God. You're in the midst of that environment, that situation, that struggle, that trouble, that thing that's causing the worry. You can stop and talk to God. He's right there. He's with me in everything, so I don't have to be anxious about anything. Now, that's not an excuse to travel in the carpool lane when you're just by yourself. A cop will not believe you or care that you say, no, the Holy Spirit is right here in the passenger seat. You're still going to have to pay, what, 281 bucks for being in the carpool lane just by yourself. But you get my point, right? The Lord is always with you. He's always your companion. He's always a friend. He's always a shepherd. He's God. He cares for you. Remember that he's at hand. And that builds your strength and your courage to face the things that cause so much anxiety. And instead of doing the wasteful, unhelpful thing of worry, you actually can step forward into action or trust or giving love or forgiveness, whatever you need to do. Joshua 1.9 tells us that. Be strong and courageous. Do not be frightened and do not be dismayed. For the Lord your God is with you wherever you go. How many of you are frightened and dismayed with a situation you're facing right now. A relationship that you have a plan for, a dream about, you have a vision for how it could go and should be. could be as close as your marriage. It could be a family member. It could be some situation with someone else in your life. And you think, I don't really worry about that that much. I'm just lovingly concerned. The truth is, you possibly are just obsessed with the thought of how bad it is. You can't get it out of your mind. You, you might actually gossip to someone else about it, trying to get people on your side. You might just be looking for empathy all the time. You, you literally could be living in worry just in that one relationship because you have such huge good expectations that it would be this kind of relationship and, and, and have this kind of loving communication and this kind of care and and it could be just one situation. You can't get out of your mind and heart 
and it bothers you and it causes you to think, God doesn't care. He's not really with me. I have to take it into my own hands. I'm going to try to control the outcome. I'm going to try to control what they're doing and how they see me. Could be one situation like that. What if you have that and you also have something at work? What if you have that situation with a person, something at work, and now you have a, an illness situation you're worrying about? It becomes very clear very quickly. If I don't recognize that God is with me as I go through the stuff I face in life, I'm in big trouble. If I forget that God's there with me, then I'm looking to myself. I'm trying to just power it out in my own strength. I'm trying to look back at how I was wise in the past and what I did in the past, and I'm not looking to God. Now I'm back at the center of my own life, and I'm trying to manipulate and control others to get what I think is an actually good thing. But we do it through worry and anxiety, through control, through analyzing. You ever heard of that analysis paralysis? We think we're doing something good and we're actually just stirring ourselves up to be more and more anxious. We have to remember that God is at hand. He doesn't want us to be anxious and we don't need to be anxious about anything. That His strength and His Spirit will give us courage if we desire that. If we're tired of the constant burden in our heart of that relationship we keep trying to fix in our own strength. The worry that just won't go away and we try to keep lining everything else up differently and it's still, it's, it's actually causing more worry and we're getting further away from our goal. Remember the Lord is with you so you don't have to live frightened and dismay in anxiety tearing at your heart and your mind, feeling so unsettled. The Lord says, be strong and courageous. You know where that verse com comes from? Joshua is being commanded by God to lead the people of God into the promised land, the land of Canaan. Moses had died. You're like, great, what do we do now? Remember, God's in control. God appoints a new leader. It's Joshua. And then, you're, well, great, unless you're Joshua. What? i got to take this people? Now it's my turn? With these, this complaining, stubborn, stiff-necked people, i got to take them into the promised land? They're counting on me? Look what they said about Moses. That's where he reminded them. You keep the word of God in your mouth. Don't stray to it from the to the left or the right. You just stay true to me and my word. I will guide you. You can be strong and courageous. You don't have to get worried and anxious. Even over a million people that are going to be following you into the promised land. What a huge promise and truth this was for Joshua to know. I don't have to live in fear or dismay. God goes with me wherever I go. Wherever I am, he's with me. I can be strong and courageous. I'm the next Joshua in my life, in this situation. And I can see his promise come true for me like it did for him. Remember the Lord is with me. Secondly, pray with thanksgiving. Philippians 4, 5, and 6 says, The Lord is at hand, but in everything, by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be known to God. So we're not supposed to be anxious, so the Lord is at hand. Be anxious for nothing, and make sure you're giving your request to God in prayer. Make sure that's just a part of your regular relationship with God. Not a thing here and there that you do, oh, I was reminded at church, I, and, I, and I prayed at church, actually, I prayed, with, I prayed at church. It's like you just talk to God through the day because you're allowed to. I always think it's funny when I, do, when I don't talk to God and I'm like, why wouldn't I access the wisdom and power of God or just tell him right now, I need your help. 
when he's always at hand and always willing, he's at hand. Pray and supplicate. That means to request, to lay it out before him. But always do it with thanksgiving. When you look back on your life, has God been faithful to you? When you look back on your life, can you name just blessing after blessing after blessing, even when you were ornery <laughs> and I was ornery with God? Can you see how he just oversaw your life and still provided and still led you and took you through the hardest things? He's never turned his back on you. He's always given you grace. He's always brought blessing. He's taught you, especially in the hardest times, how precious his mercy and compassion is and how his love is never-ending and he's going to sustain you to the end. And you've learned all that. And you've, you've seen all that. He wants you to just look back on that and thank him. That's who he is. That's what he does. And from that place to say, and God, now here I am and I'm facing this. And this is causing me to be anxious. And I'm getting upset and worried about this. And you just go, but Lord, you handled everything in my past. You provided. You rescued. You blessed. You strengthened. You gave wisdom, and I need it again. But thank you for what you've already done. When we forget the works of God in our life, we get focused back on self and thinking that we got to power up and get through this next crisis or challenge. We'll never be past the worry. No, we just have to remember that God is with us. He's done so much in our past, and he wants us to continue and more and more bring our needs to him in prayer and supplication, you know, requesting of God, just... He says, you don't have because you don't, you don't ask. Our kids are good at asking, right? Aren't they really good at asking, parents? They got it down. We forget. God wants us to be good at asking. Well, but I don't want to, you know, bug them so much. Are you kidding? It'd be like your, your kid's coming to you. Okay, I know they can't bug you with certain asks. But God, because he doesn't run out of resources or out of love, he's not bugged. He's not put off. He's not frustrated. He's not bored with us. He's not, oh, you again? Uh, on the same issue again? Wow, are you slow to learn. Some people think that's how God speaks to them. And it's not biblical and it's not from him. It's from the enemy. God is exceedingly patient, exceedingly kind. You can't even imagine the depth of those and his love for you. He pours it out. It's always available. He just wants you to come with a thankful heart for him being that way always to you and will now be that way. Helpful and loving and strong and giving you courage and giving you strength where you need it the most. Just talk to him. Just ask him. Martin Luther puts it very bluntly, and I like it. It's very pithy and short. He goes, pray and let God worry. <laughs> Isn't that awesome? Pray, let God do the worrying. God's got the the ability to handle the universe. He can handle your little part of the universe. He knows what he's doing. He's got a purposeful plan. We think we're too small for God actually to care about. He created you in his very own image. You're not too small. You're his son. You're his daughter. You're not too small. He's a powerful God that should give you faith that he's very capable to help us with the things in each of our lives. Pray and let God do the worrying. Another way of putting it is turning your worries into prayers. Whenever you feel like a worry starts getting the best of your mind, just say, you know, I know what's going on right now. I, good try, Satan. I know what you're doing. You're depositing fear and worry in me, and that's not of God. And that's of the world. And I reject, we're told in Scripture to resist the enemy, and he will what? 
He will flee from us. We're told to take our thoughts captive before Christ and make them obedient to Christ. And if something is filled with fear or worry, it's not from Christ, and it's not healthy for you, and it doesn't please God, call it what it is and say, I'm worrying again. God, I'm sorry. Forgive me. Back to worship. Leave the worry. Back to worship and trusting God. With thanksgiving, then just asking him for what you need. Remember that the Lord is with me. Pray with thanksgiving. Thirdly, humbly cast my cares on God. We have to do that. 1 Peter 5, 6 says, Humble yourselves, therefore, under the mighty hand of God, so that at the proper time he may exalt you, casting all your anxieties on him, because what? What's the rest of it say? Because he cares for you. God's saying, just come humbly to me. I care for you. I really care about what you're facing. I'm not going to make you feel dumb or stupid or shameful. I care. I know it's hard. You're a human. (laughs) He's a creator. You deal with these things. He knows. But he wants us to bring them to him and ask for his help, his strength, his courage, his wisdom, whatever we may need, his patience. So, Lord, I humble myself before you, and it's your mighty hand that I want to exalt me. I'm not looking to exalt myself. Can you tell him that? I don't want other people to exalt me. God, I want your favor and your honor. I want your strength to lift me up. And when I think of that, you know, some people think, oh, well, we shouldn't be exalted. It should only be God. God will exalt you if you exalt him. The more God exalts you and brings a blessing into your life where you've been worried and all of a sudden you're free of that worry, you will, when you know it's from him, you will exalt his name. It's just like, you know, think of it this way. You just get to stand on a box a a shoebox, you get to stand on a a stage, you get to stand on a platform so that your voice can be heard even to more people that God is awesome and he will rescue you from worry. And he's done it for me. He will exalt you so you can further exalt the name of Christ. And that's the greatest joy we have, making much of Jesus. When we make much of him in our life, we see the blessing. When we make much of him and he brings his blessing in our life, all of a sudden we're contagious and make a joyful impact on other people. And it shows that we actually do trust God. When you give up worry and God replaces that with worship and trust, you really look different. You come across different to people. Your patience level is so different. Your peace, the joy that comes out because you don't have this undercurrent of anxiety and worry coursing through kind of every moment of every day. It's God's dealt with it and he's freeing you. And then that, like the living water, the Holy Spirit just kind of bubbles up and through your life and through your face, (laughs) through your responses, through your joy. It it actually happens when he removes the worry and fills it with himself. But you have to come humbly before God. You have to say, I do have anxieties. And then you do what with them? You just cast them on his feet. Every day to see yourself coming before your Father who loves you and your Savior, and the Holy Spirit who lives in you, just see yourself casting the worries. He knows you. They'll start sticking themselves to you like barnacles or those sucker fish that get on sharks and whales, okay? They'll just start sucking on you and sucking life out of you. You just have to recognize. You're like, oh, I got these things on me. You go to God, you get them off. You give them the anxieties. Isn't that awesome that God, like, wants your anxieties? <laughs> Remember what Martin Luther said? Pray. Let God do the worrying. You give them to him, cast those anxieties on to God. You're doing it humbly before him and he's, his mighty hand will rescue and give you what you need. And at the proper time, in a way that is best and most productive and helpful for you, for your present and your future, 
God will exalt you. And later in that same chapter, and he will strengthen and confirm, restore, and establish you. That's awesome. You mean God gives me that and all I got to do is cast my cares? That doesn't seem like a very good deal for God. Well, God doesn't need anything. He's self-sufficient. We're the ones that need to give him those things so we can receive more of who he is. And that builds our life. And that brings peace to our heart. So we remember that the Lord is with us. We pray with thanksgiving. We cast our cares humbly on God. And then we embrace the peace of Jesus. You see how these kind of all build? We embrace the peace that he promises if we do that. Philippians 4, 7. You know, we read about it earlier, right? You caught that. The Lord is at hand, so do not be anxious about anything. And then we picked up, but in everything with prayer and supplication, with thanksgiving, make your request known to God. And now the rest of this comes in the, the form of a promise in verse 7. And the peace of God, which surpasses all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Sometimes your mind goes crazy with analysis paralysis. You can't figure it out, but boy, you're going to try. You're going to try to control situations and people, and you figure if I can worry just a little bit more, maybe something will come to me, and then I'll be able to go fix it. And your mind literally can go crazy, or even just a little crazy. And then your heart, the emotions that go with that kind of mind that's so unstable. Scripture calls it being double-minded. It creates incredible havoc in our system and in our emotions, our relationships. You can't be feeling things emotionally without that affecting the very people that you're closest to. And most of all, your relationship with God. And it just feels awkward. It feels distant. It feels sad. It feels disjointed. It feels conflicted. All those negative <laughs> adjectives, right? It's, it's not what he would want. He wants to give you his peace so that your heart and your mind will be guarded by God. He said he'll give you peace and it'll guard your mind and your heart. It's a sentry. He posts a guard over your mind and over your heart so you don't slip back into mental wool gathering and confusion and anger and worry and the emotions of sadness and being distraught and being dismayed and frightened. He'll take care of both of those and he'll set a guard up. And that guard will keep you at a place of peace. And it will be beyond what you can ever really understand. I just had a recent one when I was in the hospital and you guys prayed for me and I've shared it a couple times. But I have to give God the glory again because he did give me peace. And, you know, some people say, well, weren't you worried or something else could have happened? Or, but you were in ICU for a long time. Why? Well, one, I knew I had an army of people, you guys, my family, praying for me. I knew people were praying for me. I felt the peace of God. It didn't make sense to my mind. It didn't make sense to Julie's mind as she was dealing with all that and, and also... Um, a father-in-law that was in the hospital ended up dying uh, just about a week later. All of that, you just go, oh, there's no way that you, could, you can't go through that stuff without being worried and frazzled and at the end and not sleeping and just being nuts. Yo, you can. We actually experienced it. And it's a pretty awesome thing. And when you experience that small scale or large scale or medium scale, it doesn't matter. When you actually know that you walked into a, station, into a situation or relationship that normally freaks you out, makes you incredibly anxious, you had his peace. Where does that come from? It comes from God when you've trusted him, when you're praying to him, when you're asking for strength and courage from him, and he gives it to you. You step onto that field, and you're normally just like, oh, and you're nuts in the stomach. You don't know. Or you step into that test or onto that campus, or you've got this relational thing that's still not solved, and it's just 
gets you worked up and all of a sudden you pray and you remember God's with you and you say, God, give me courage and strength. I have to walk in and I don't know the words that I'm supposed to say or do I say anything? Do I give a hug? Do I not? Do I? And you, and you just say, God, I'm going into this with you. And I'm leaving that and then I'm going into this work situation with you. And then I'm going home and there's situations I have to deal with or I'm dealing with illness or whatever at home and, and I'm walking into this with you and I don't have to be anxious about any of it. You're going to walk me through every single thing into the promised land of what you're going to do at work, in my home, in that relationship and in my walk with you. I can't trust you and you'll allow my mind and heart to be at peace. In fact, he says we have this helper, the Holy Spirit, in John chapter 14. But the Helper, the Holy Spirit, whom the Father will send in my name, he will teach you all things and bring to your remembrance all that I've said to you. Peace I leave with you, my peace I give you. Now as the world gives, not as the world gives do I give to you. Let not your hearts be troubled, neither let them be afraid. You know what's awesome? Even in the hearing, the reading and hearing of this very verse, the Holy Spirit is keeping that promise. Because he's reminding you of a truth of Jesus, because Jesus spoke these words. And the truth is that the Holy Spirit lives in you, and he's the helper and the comforter. And he will always be that for you and for me. We don't walk alone, and we don't walk without all the resources of God with us at all times. And he wants that to give us peace. Because there's one trouble after another trouble, after another worrisome kind of event, and we just need it that constantly, that regularly. Embrace the peace that he's promised by recognizing it's the Holy Spirit that is the guard. He's going to guard your mind and your heart in Christ. Just keep looking to your Father, to your Savior, to the Holy Spirit as your helper, and you won't have to live in fear. Your faith will grow. You will see God deliver you from worry. You will actually feel like you're overcoming in some areas, and that will become contagious to you. You'll overcome in that area and then that will spread and you'll feel the strength and peace and power of God in this area and other areas where you lack self-control, you lack trust in God or you're lacking peace. All of a sudden, you're going to feel like, man, God's, he's just taken over. The Holy Spirit just has so much more of me these days. He's my helper and comforter and strength and he's guard, he is guarding my mind and heart. And when worry creeps back in, I'm recognizing it sooner and I'm dealing at a death blow. And I'm saying, worry has no place in my life because I'm trusting God. Embrace the peace. Let it kind of just blow your mind, if you will, because you can't understand it, but recognize it's a promise from the heart of your Savior. And then lastly, count on God to strengthen me. We have to count on God to strengthen us. Isaiah 41, another great promise that comes from the prophet Isaiah. He says, fear not, for I am with you. Be not dismayed, for I am your God. I will strengthen you. I will help you. I will uphold you with my righteous right hand. Aren't you glad that God has promised you that? Three times, in three different ways. He wants you to really get this. He wants me to really get this. He says, I will strengthen you. That one doesn't work. I will help you. That one doesn't get your attention. I will, will uphold you. And how am I going to do that? With my righteous, right, omnipotent hand. His righteous, always good, always powerful, never lacking, consistently strong for us. Well, with his right hand of fellowship, with his right hand of strength and righteousness, 
guard you and keep you and sustain you to the end. He will uphold you. He will help you. He will give you his strength. He's not going to manufacture your own strength. He actually give you his strength, and you count on it, and I'll actually you'll start living out the strength of God because you're able to give forgiveness. That's a strong person to give forgiveness. Would you agree with that? Someone can really give forgiveness from their heart to someone who has legitimately wronged them. Yes, that's strong character. That comes from Jesus. Well, to give mercy and compassion to someone you don't even know. You don't even, why would you help them? I mean, are they ever going to say thank you? Or is it, this is going to take me away from my day? It takes strong character to go and minister to someone who just has a need. And you don't get anything back other than to know God's pleased with that. That strength of character to be compassionate, to be forgiving, to love when you're not receiving love, but something quite opposite. That's the character of Christ. That is the strong, righteous hand of God upholding you and strengthening you and helping you. It's just kind of like when you're a child, you know, you look, whenever you get kind of worried and frazzled, you, you look for mom or dad's hand, right? You're just looking, you just get to their leg, you grab their hand, it's just, you're feeling nervous, you're feeling scared, and you know with mom or dad there, you'll be fine, because they can fix anything. Julie's reminding me in, in her class with two-year-olds, she often asks this question, you know, who loves you, and, you know, who makes the stars, and who made the stars, and, and uh, I just love this little response these two-year-olds give, and she asked them that. So who made, who made the stars? Daddy. <laughs> I'm like, okay, that's a great start. You know, you look to your daddy. He's strong. He fixes things. Who makes the stars? Obviously, daddy, our heavenly daddy, our heavenly father. And that's the, the way we should feel as God's children. As we go, we look for his righteous right hand. We need his strength. We need to be upheld. We're weak and we're anxious and we're filled with worry if we don't. But he's there for us. And we don't have any trouble running to our dad, right guys? Who has no limit of love and resource for us in our time of need. We count on his strength. He's there to give it because he's a great heavenly father. And then we stay fresh in the word of God. I want to remind us, you know, all these verses, where did all these verses that I shared? They're powerful, right? These verses today, where'd they come from? The word of God. The word of God you have in your own possession. To stay strong in the promises of God and to not slip back into worry, you have to be in the Word of God. And let these verses just continue to encourage you and others. There's a verse that says in 2 Timothy 1.7, God gave us a spirit not of fear but of power, love, and self-control. Power, love, and self-control. That's the spirit we have. Not of fear, of faith. Not of worry and anxiety but a power, self-control. I don't have to slip into worry anymore. I had that spirit, that helpful, comforting, powerful Holy Spirit in me. That's the spirit I've been given. You could take that one verse and meditate on it all week long. Couldn't you? You could. You could take each word apart. You could take each of those promises to God. And you go, okay, I have that verse. And I got these other verses I heard today. And I'm actually going to just read through the Gospel of John every day, you know, a little bit each day. You're just like, wow, I really need to be fresh with these promises because I have fresh worries. I have fresh anxieties coming my way, and I don't want them. I got challenges coming my way, and I need God's wisdom. I got an assault, and I need to know I have the weapons and the protection, the armor of God by being in his word each day. So to stop worrying, I must remember the Lord is with me. Here's a review. Take a picture if you want of this. This is going to be huge for us this week. Remember the Lord is with me. 
I must pray with thanksgiving. I must humbly cast my cares on God. I must embrace the peace of Jesus. And I must count on God to strengthen me. That's going to destroy worry in your week. And that will send a guard over your mind and your heart in Christ Jesus. Do you want that? And if you do, I encourage you to tell someone that you want that. Let there be some help and some prayer and some accountability. Let, someone, let your, your spouse know, you know what? Yeah, there are some things that the Lord really convicted me of. And, I, and I'm going to tell my spouse. I'm going I'm to tell my kids, you know, like, hey, guys, hey, family, you know what? We're going to, like, do some of this this week. Like, you know what? Dad's been freaking out and kind of stressed at work. I'm sorry. I've been taking it on you guys. I haven't been trusting God. Or, hey, mom's been a little this. Or if you're, you're a kid and your mom and dad are there, go tell them. Like, yeah. School or that bullying or that situation, that Facebook, whatever, or lack of that Facebook, whatever, really upset me. And I've been taking that on you, Mom, and, and that's not right. I have been worried and upset and anxious. Or whoever it might be, it's so freeing and so helpful to be real about your growth in Christ and about the things that he's doing that's, that are positive and changing you. And it's actually contagious and will spread throughout your whole family and in time, people at work or neighbors start to see you're not this worry wart. I actually like that because warts aren't pretty and worrying never is. But instead, I'm worshiping. I'm trusting God. It's part of my worship. I don't have to be anxious. Well, I want to give you a couple minutes to uh, really meditate on these verses, these truths in your own heart. I'm going to put a couple pictures on the screen. There'll be some verses that you saw this morning and others. Just allow us to be at peace with the Lord and allow us Holy Spirit, the comforter and the helper, to take worries and to fill you instead with his peace. You ready? Just relax. Lean back. We're going to drop the lights. Just a couple minutes to enjoy the Lord's peace. It's amazing what a couple minutes just resting in the Lord can do, right? I want to ask the worship team to come on out and we're going to sing a little bit and keep praising him in a place of peace. And I encourage you to just use this time just to talk with the Lord from your heart. Give him the things that are bringing worry or anxiety into your life or have been there for a while. Now's the time to release them. Give him that burden. Cast your cares on him. You ready to do that? Let's have a prayer right now and then we're going to worship. We'll have an offering. It'll all be our worship to this amazing God. Father in heaven, we just want to say thank you for providing all we need in you to live a life where our mind, our heart, our life is guarded by you led by you, under your full provision, experiencing your grace and mercy and compassion, all that we need. Wisdom, Lord, to face any situation. Patience to wait on your hand and your timing. Faith to believe you hear us and you answer prayer. God, all those things, we're just so grateful. That's who you are. That's what you've promised us. That This is the path. You want all of us to walk with you. Just pour out your heart to him right now. What's been causing worry and anxiety in your life? What do you need to cast at the feet of the Lord right now? Where is a worry taking root? Maybe it's from quite a long time ago, or maybe it's recent, but just say, Lord, it's been controlling me and tearing at my heart and confusing my mind. I give it to you now. I choose 
to lay it down, to cast it on you, to receive your peace. And Lord, I also ask you humbly for your strength to get up and to walk now in these new promises that I've heard today or these old ones, Lord, that you've reminded me of. Strengthen me and give me courage like you did Joshua for what was ahead of him and what lies ahead of me. Help me to trust your heart and the promises that you've given me today. You'll always be true. You'll always be at hand. You'll always love me, never tire of me. You'll always lead me in victory in the procession of Christ. Thank you, Lord. I rely on you. I trust you. I have faith in you, Lord. I'm going to stop worrying so that I can worship and trust you more fully. Give me strength, Lord, to do that. Answer my prayer. You know what's on my heart. Keep pouring out your heart to him.